Sanctum, Damo and Patch. Damo, how are you? I am good, Lech. I am getting ready. I really want that picker out now. I think my preparations have gone overboard. A little rumour says maybe, uh, think about the 23rd of December, it might be dropping, a little rumour. And Patch, how are you? I'm good. The, the prospect of an early Christmas present is getting my jimmies jammed. I'm keen as a bean. How are you, Lech? What's what's crack-a-lackin' in, uh, in Lech Town? Oh, mate, I'm just... I'm just ready to talk super coach. It's less than 100 days until round one or two. I am so excited. I am so excited. As of recording this, which is uh, the 10th of the 12th, which is a Tuesday, I want to say, we have 100 days or thereabouts until super coach starts or footy starts. It's exciting, but okay, what are we doing for this podcast, boys? All right, we've done this a few different ways in the past. We've done Team analysis, we've done one team per podcast, we've done three teams per podcast, we've left it too late, we've left it too early, we've done alphabetical order, we've done numerical order, we've done any order we bloody want. But this year we're going to try it by doing two per podcast, not necessarily every week, we might be some cool stuff happening in between, like when the team picker drops. Um, But we are going to go through two teams for every podcast. Uh, Today we are going to start with the top and the bottom of the ladder, we're going to start with Richmond Football Club and Gold Coast football club going to be pretty simple community so if you want to skip through you can uh you can do that it's going to be broken up like this we're going to go through our teams we're going to go look at the locks we're going to look at the uh new faces we're going to look at the rookie priced players and then we're going to look at the breakout contenders that's how we're going to do it that's how we're going to break it down and we're going to start boys if this is okay with you with richmond football club what do you think oh i mean we'll let it slide We'll let it slide. That's fine. We're fine. Let's just, just, just go before I, before I get too annoyed. Definitely. I mean, Patch, we kind of. I know we're doing a little bit of banter here on live on the podcast, but we have actually planned it all around doing Richmond first. So I think we might start. Look, let, just, just let, just let me artificially create some tension, Lek. Just let me just. We don't need to be tense. You know, we had a very nice podcast day with I last week. There was no tension. We didn't even fight once. Hmm. Yes, and it was anyway. Anyway, fine, fine. Just get, get on with it. I'm... Let's go. I'm going to insert some sound effects to sig- to signify the different parts of the team analysis. So uh, keep an ear out for that community. It'll be smooth Jimmy's luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. Damo, I'm very excited to start with this. But the first lock, we have to say his name. He's the big man. He's not the, I mean, he's pretty big. He's reasonably big. He's tattooed and he's got shit hair. It's Dustin Martin. They've announced he's a forward mid. He's going to be probably the most selected player this year people are going to find a reason not to select him but for a bloke who averaged 99 points six during the regular season last year and 112.3 over the finals um he'll be in every team won't he damo i you would think so do you have any can you come up with any reason in that beautiful brain of yours not to pick this man uh, last season his scores were very up and down so People who want a more consistent scorers to be in their t- side might choose someone else, but I think 
given that he's available as a forward and the options that we're likely to have as forwards, he's probably one of the better options that will be available to us. Patch, Damo mentioned the inconsistency there. During the regular season, he did only turn up in 11 of those 100 games. We'd normally expect a little bit more. And he had quite a... He had a couple of games around the 60s, particularly at the start of the season when he was a bit sore. Do we need to worry about that? Or is it fine that the total points he will produce for us as a forward will be above pretty much what any other forward is going to deliver us? Um, I mean, there's very little doubt to finish in that top six forward. So he would be a, an incredibly safe starting selection. I have a feeling and a suspicion that... Martin will dip throughout the year. Obviously, everyone does, but Dustin Martin's especially prone to, you know, the past few seasons, he's had a few games where he'll just do drop two 60s in a row, price will plummet a bit, and then you can just scoop him up a bit quicker. Um, hard to say at this stage without sort of just having everything in front of me, but there could be a lot of, like, sneaky, cheap options in the forward line. Lockie Whitfield is locked at F1. Um, could potentially someone like a Dev Smith and then, like, some other... No rookies then push through. I I don't know, but I'm uh, I don't know. I'd like to not start Dustin Martin if I can avoid it, but he will likely end up in my team anyway. All right. Do we need to spend any more time on Dustin Martin, Damo? No, I think we've summed it up. Great, because my next lock is the man that we got yelled at for ignoring last week. We didn't ignore him. We were only doing players that moved clubs in the off season last week. Maybe we didn't make that clear enough. I apologise, community, from, from the bottom of my heart. We made a mistake. I'm so sorry. It's Marlon Bloody Pickett. Because guess what? He's a lock. He's in every team. He's going to be 123k. He's averaged 96 for his entire career. Admittedly, it's only been one game. Um, but what a game. He had 22 game. disposals. He's a mature ager. He's a, he's a Richmond uh, life member. He's a premiership winning player. He's the bloody biggest lock in almost Supercoach history, you'd think. Patch. Is there any reason why anyone here would not select this man? No, not at this stage. Have we ever had a rookie-priced player locked so uh, so early in the season? Not off the top of my head. No, um, he's just he's he's just perfect. Just lock him in. He's going to waltz into that round one team. He's the fairy tale hero. He'll run through that midfield, play up forward. He'll be wonderful. Perfect, should average like 80. Ah, oh, oh, why couldn't all of our rookies be like Marlon Pickett? Damo, anything to add about this beautiful man? Well, I mean, I had uh, Brett Bewley locked into my team at this point last year, but uh, that was my own fault, so... Brett who? Brett who? <laughs> we don't talk about the Brett Bewley incident. Boys, let's move on. This is a man that we might not have thought would be considered a lock-worthy player, and... I mean, there's still room for discussion here, but Dion Prestia had a huge 2019. The human meatball. Um, yes, the human meatball, um, which is by my personal favourite nickname in the whole of the Australian Football League. Um, anyone who would have actually selected Dion at the end of last year wouldn't be questioning whether or not to very, very heavily consider him, if not lock him in to your sides from sort of the middle of the year, about round 10-ish. I didn't write down the numbers of rounds. I just wrote down the numbers of his scores because the scores were impressive enough. 95, 94, 125, 104, 97, 128, 131, 107, 124, 116, 109, 164 in the prelim final, then 86 in the grand final, um, where his scores to finish the year. 
He had 12 tons and post buy averaged 115.4. But the thing I really like about looking at Dion's sort of stats from last year, he had a low score of 63 and he only had the three scores below 80. Um, and I love me some low ceilings in premium players because they're not going to dump a you know dump a 40 on you, dump a 50 on you. Um, I, and you know there, there's certainly scope for Dion to improve that consistency and sort of bump that bump that lower ceiling up a little bit. And you you know, you know that he's he's not going to consistently score 160s, 150s, but that's just a lot of 120s and 130s in that. What what do we think, Damo? Are you are you a, a meatball fan? You on the spicy I'm a fan. I am a fan, and I think because of his slow start to the year, he will be a pretty good price to start with as well. Um, I don't have the price off the top of my head, though. Um, And I believe the 86 he scored in the grand final was while Matt DeBoer was tagging him, or at least he tagged him for a half. So that's a good return, especially being tagged by a player of that caliber. I think... Boys, that uh, people might be a little turned off. Say, no, you can't select him. He's, look at his season average, which is only the regular season, 101.3. But you take out those first four games, 82, 63, 92, 66. And I know you can't take him out, but that was a slow start. Let's assume he carries the momentum he had in the second half of the year. This guy's average can push up past. And the question will become, will it be enough? But he can push this average up from 101.3 to 105+. plus then we've got to have that discussion of whether that's enough or whether we need him to be scoring 110s consistently, like he did in the later part of this season. But for all intents and purposes, we're going to say he is a lock. All right, the next lock, and potentially the final lock, I haven't seen your boys' lists, Basha Hawley Patch. This man excites you a lot after averaging, what was it, 105 Point one during the regular season last yeah, year. Yeah, and admittedly, taken with a grain of salt in that um, Batcher did uh, and Richmond played pretty much every game at the MCG last year, and he absolutely loves the wide open space at the home of football. But yeah, average under average one hundred and five. Only issue there will be price. If he's up towards six hundred thousand dollar dues, that's possibly too many to fork out. Um, but I think you know you can't really look at anyone sort of pushing him out of that position or or pushing into his role, I, I don't see any logical reason why his output would decrease during the season, and you'd you'd be mad not to at least consider him for one of those defensive premium starts, but obviously we've got Doherty, we've got a lot of cheap players down there. Well, that's what I was going to touch on, actually, Patch, because I think, and I, oh, we've said this a couple of years, I think this year can be the year we make a... a uh, cheaper defensive line. There are some discounted players back there to look at. My question, Damo, Basha Hooley, he had, uh, without checking, I might just pull up his profile now, without checking, yeah, definitely, he had a career best year in 2019. He's going to be 32 next year. Do I know I, I say age is just a number because I love Cade Simpson, but is this the peak and are we overpaying if you're going to start selecting is this is his age going to catch up is his output going to decrease what do you think Damo I'm not selecting him uh I think he's going to be too expensive and he didn't score very well outside of the MCG and considering the AFL has given the Tigers a more uh fair fixture to the other 17 teams um I think He's going to be a player that's probably priced at their peak, so you're not going to make any money either. So he might be a reliable scorer in that sense, but 
he's not going to do you any favours to build your team value. And over the last couple of years, and this is my concern about him, and I know we've got him in the lock section, but that's because we're judging him on his output last year. You look at the last few years, he doesn't play full seasons. That's my worry. I famously, or maybe infamously, I don't know who remembers my cheat sheets back in the day, but I did blacklist him. He was the first ever player to be blacklisted and to be never selected again. Um, I have paid for that in subsequent years, uh, given he averaged 105 last year, but I'm just wary about him. But given his output, he's considered a lock. In draft, I wouldn't be using... Maybe I would use a first-round pick on him. I just I worry. I worry. I have some worries. Anyway, he's a good player. Let's move on to our second section because guess what? Uh, We're already running over time, as is the way in this podcast. New faces section. Yes, I want some faces. No one to talk about here because we're going to go straight on through to the rookie-priced players. Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card! Marlene Pickett, we've already spoken about. He's a lock. The other two guys that Damo, uh, the great Kev, has let us know about, Riley Collier-Dawkins and Fraser Turner, we suspect they're the ones who might benefit from a AFL debut and consistent game time this year. Is there anyone else we know of, or is that all we've got, Damo? That's all he gave me. Fantastic. So for those playing at home, Riley Collier, Dawkins, Fraser Turney, they're probably the ones to look at. And given that Richmond have players like Sydney Stack and Shire Bolton, and there's quite a few players they've got competing for positions, so I wouldn't imagine they're going to excite us too much on the rookie front. No, I, think, now, I think Thompson Dow could be a sneaky chance, but if he throws consistent games together is another thing. I think he might get a taste here and there, but yeah, again, one one to watch. I like it. I like it, Patch. You know you make me break break Now, I haven't written anyone down for the breakout section, Damo. I see the name Nick Vlaston here, and I think, what the bloody hell is going on? Damo, what are you thinking? For a breakout contender, he's probably a he's probably at the more expensive side of life. Being he's probably going to start roughly five hundred k as a defender, but he averaged ninety one point two in the season and ninety over the final series. So you would be picking him in the hopes that he possibly takes over from the Brandon Ellis sort of role in a more attacking fashion and and boosts that up another eight or nine points to bring him up to the hundred point average but i just i just really liked his back end to the, to the year and and considering he also scored quite a few hundreds towards the back end of the year as, as well i just like I just, I just like him i just think he's going to be good for super coach and he was good for and he, he was good uh super coach score in the under 18s as well and we haven't seen that yet so maybe this is the start of that coming out now, community, uh, for those listening at home, well, you're all listening at home because you're not here with us, uh, let us know who you think is going to be the breakout for Richmond because there's going to be someone who jumps up that we don't know. But generally speaking, I think there's going to be less likelihood of multiple players breaking out in this side. I think generally in good sides, everyone sort of rises together. But Jaden Short, Daniel Rioli, Jack Graham, are these some names that might pop up? Let us know if you know the Richmond list better than we do. Fellas, let's move on to the Gold Coast Football Club. Oh, unless anyone's got any more breakout contenders, but I don't think we can. Oleg Markov's moustache is um, on the fashion rankings right towards the top. I reckon he could pick number one this year. 
if he gets a bit more style, but that's that's as far as my notes go. We should do a facial hair draft. I think we should do that. That's a, that's a good content. Put that in the put that in the back of the head. All right, boys. Well, my I do have potatoes burning in the oven, but you know what we might do? We might go straight onto Gold Coast, and we'll just hope that I can eat those potatoes um, when we get back. So let's move straight on to the Gold Coast Football Club and straight on to the locks from the Gold Coast Football Club. To be smooth, Jimmy's luck of the week. Ooh, that's a big luck, all right. Boys, you wouldn't believe it, but we've actually got some names on this list. I am shocked. Shocked. What's the world coming to if, if you can lock players in from the Gold Coast? Well, unfortunately, neither one of them has played a game. Um, so we've <laughs> Classic got Matty Real, who is a lock, but we can discuss the fact that the odds of him doing what Sam Walsh did last year are minimal, given it's only ever happened really once. Uh, we can talk about that. He's a lock to be a decent selection. And Isaac Rankin is the other one who didn't play this year due to injury and will be about 123k in 2020. So they're the two locks. Damo, Isaac Rankin, Matty Rell. Do you have any thoughts on those two? Locks. They're locks in my team at the moment, so um, before the pick is even out. So, yep. And Patch, anything to add? Any concern over Rell's potential starting price, which will be over 200 I mean, there's always that concern over the potential. But, um, I watched a, a decent chunk of his grand final game where he picked up exorbitant number of disposals and he did that all throughout the year and I think the thing that impressed me through that and looking through sort of the draft process and, and how he was going was his consistency and especially listening to, to Cal Toomey on the Road to the Draft podcast he just didn't seem to have a bad game at any stage and that's something that I'm really keen for especially from a rookie to, to see that they can keep pumping out consistent even if it's only sort of 80 and he only averages 80 but if he does that consistently every week and doesn't drop off and then has to it has a mid-season trough and then goes back up, then that's that's just as important as someone who can make 200k in three weeks like a Noah Bolter and then lose another 250k in the weeks afterwards. So that's something that really encourages well, Noah, me. Noah Bolter does have DPP this year. He does. So he should come into contention for everyone listening. Um, and yeah, Isaac Rankin, I'm not sure, will be on the field. Um, I'm not cons- convinced of his scoring output, but yeah, certainly one to... He should get games. Should get lots of them. Um, let's say, let's say he's fit and healthy. Maybe he comes out averages. I don't know, sixty. Given the talent and how much he was talked up at one hundred and twenty k on your bench, I think there's worse things to happen. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, both of them are, are locked away at this stage. Yes, I want some All right, boys. We move on to the new faces section, and the first one is a familiar face. Funnily enough, it's Zachy Smith. Now. We will say this, the new faces segments maybe will change slightly as they get closer to the season and further away from the offseason. We've covered pretty much all of these players in specific dedicated podcasts, so you can go back and listen to those or read the articles we've put out surrounding them uh, for more details. So I think we're just going to go with sort of a yes, no, maybe a one-liner around these guys. So um, to start with Zach Smith, no, obviously. Boys, <laughs> if anyone has anything else to say. Uh, is Zach Smith currently burning in your oven? Uh, yes, he is burning. Uh, I think I did. There was a bigger potato than normal in there. Um, the next face on the list is Hugh Greenwood, and I will get your thoughts on this guy afterwards because I think he's going to pop up in another one of these segments. Uh, but Hugh Greenwood moved over from Adelaide, forward mid eligible. Uh, your early thoughts, boys. We'll dissect him in a second. Uh, potentially. Well, he was highlighted by me on last week's podcast, so. 
I'm obviously thinking about him, even if it's just that little bit. And the third one, uh, the third new face is Tiger Premiership player Brandon Ellis, who averaged 86.7 in the regular season. We did, I reckon, a podcast on him solely a few weeks ago. So well, go he back was basically and find the only trade. Um, basically the only trade on the day that he was traded. So that was the only thing we spoke about. Um, pre-agency, all, brother. Um, trade, <laughs> they're the same thing. They're the same thing. Well, let's not get into this semantic argument again. All right, uh, so Brandon Ellis, go back and listen, but I think across the board we're saying no in regular fairness and regular super coach, yes in drafts if you're getting him in the middle of the draft. Is that fair? Yep. Yep. Whoa, a Methuselah rookie card! All right, the rookie section, fellas. Now, talked about Raul, talked about Rankin. A couple other players that float my boat are Flanders. Um, mostly because I get to say things like, we're nothing at all, and nothing at all. Stupid, sexy Flanders. He is stupid and sexy, and hopefully I think he'll be a, a, a pretty good contri- contributor contributor to the Gold Coast Suns. Damo, do you feel the same way, or you are, are not as on board with stupid, sexy Flanders as I was? I'm not convinced that he plays straight away. I think that's so... fair. So he is on my radar, but I'm not convinced he plays straight away. And if he does, he might be just a little bit too expensive to to start. And the other guy I wanted to mention is obviously Noah Anderson, who's going to be close to 200k as well. Second best player in the draft. Um, almost no flaws in his game. The question, boys, is if you can have both or uh, which one will will be successful because I think you'd be hard-pressed for both of them to be successful. Patch, do you think of No Anderson or Manny Real? do you think one gets more attention? Do you think one has more chance of a breakout or do you just go the best player? I mean, Raul's, um will get the more attention, but I think that Raul is guaranteed midfield time and Anderson's proven that he can play forward and I suspect he might do slightly more forward to start with or he'll do 50-50 um, whereas Raul, I don't think, has that sort of flexibility in terms of, um, you know, being able to switch positions and go forwards, which probably means that that um, might make Anderson the better player, arguably. But for super coach purposes, I think Raul would be the one to look at. And Anderson, a few years down the track, when he develops and becomes the, the Patrick Dangerfield, a few people labelled him um, earlier on. The uh, Gold Coast also re-rookied some players. They drafted some more players. Roses, Roses, Butterick, Conroy, Sharp, Farrar. They re-rookied or re-listed Schoenfeld. I don't imagine a lot of those guys are going to be getting games uh, compared to Anderson, Ralph Landers. Maybe Sharp, maybe? Um, Maybe. If if Butterick gets games, he'll be one I'll look at closely, uh, but I can't see him starting the season. but yeah, Sharp potentially as well, considering they, they rated him. But Damo, you're very big on Jez McLennan. Yeah, he uh, he didn't play last year. I was quite surprised by that, even with the injuries that, that they had in in defence. So he'll be a um, bottom-priced defender, and he could just force his way in, just given that he was taken quite high in last year's draft. Yeah, he was pick, early second-round pick from memory, averaged sort of nearly 15 disposals in the kneeful, a couple of marks as well, but massive wraps on him up, up at the sun. Sorry, like I, I cut you off. What, what, were you, what were you going to do? I was just going to say, part? looking at these rookie price players, there's probably, we've identified maybe, what, three, four, five that we think are going to play consistent football this year. 
I think that's bad news for the next segment, which is the breakout contenders. I think I think this is another year where a lot of these games are going to get fed into these young players, which is good for rookies, but I think it's going to really affect these middle-tier guys. Like We talked about, sorry, as I slowly transition into the breakout contenders, we talked before recording the podcast about guys like Will Brody and, um, you know, I don't know, Alex Sexton, people like that, but I think... Um, these these really talented rookies are actually going to take away from these guys, and I think we're really limited with breakout contenders on this Gold Coast list. And to start I mean, that, I, I would take I would take rookies over breakout contenders though, oh. uh, from a supercoach perspective. So all the power to them; they can have no breakout contenders. But uh, there is one, Damo. You've been mulling over Greenwood. You know you make me break. Yeah, I um, highlighted him last week. Uh, he's really just averaged 86 over his first three years, but he's going to get way more responsibility at the Gold Coast, and I think he's, he's going to be pushing that average at least in, into the 90 territory, so he could be a good option. <laughs> I think he's a real watch in the preseason. If he's got a friend, super coach friendly role, I mean, I really like him as a, as an option uh, in draft formats, and I think he could potentially be a regular season format. I think he's going to be close to that 500k or a bit less. We talked about it last week. How do you fit him in with a Whitfield and a Martin and a couple of underpriced guys? We got to juggle that as we go along. But I agree, Damo. I think I don't think he's going to break out into that uh, you know 95 to 100 range. But if you look through the history of recent years, an average of 90 will do you well into towards being the sort of top six to eight to ten forward line player, which is um, always a good result. Patch, do you have anything to add on uh, Hugh Greenwood? Um, yeah, the DPP flexibility is, is lovely. If he didn't have that, we probably wouldn't be talking about him. But yeah, the if he, if he gets in and gets under packs at, at the Gold Coast, he should average 90 without too much of an issue. Um, and, you know, if they go well early and he scores well early, you can kind of just flick him off. But, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see and definitely one to watch during the preseason. Now, Damon, I'm just looking through the show notes here. I I see the name Jared Witts, and I know that that ain't Patch's work. So what what's happening? <laughs> well, I say breakout contender because the Cox curse, as Patch Cox likes to... Is par- real. As I was, I was, Patch likes to parade that around... It, they had a buy year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, had a buy, had a week um, off. So someone has to take over, and Jared Witts averaged 111 over his last nine games with five scores of of 110 or better. So he's just one to think about. <laughs> yeah, another another year of development with the kids at his feet. Um, more hit outs for advantages, more points. Um, you, you know, you you, you know it, Lech. You know, he's come very good come to, to the dark out, side. I'll give him that. He's very, but with Zach Smith pushing for selection, I just don't see how that can <laughs> possibly be considered. Uh, Braden Fiorini is the other name we have on this list. He finished the year at about 400k with an average of 87.9. So his price is going to be up in the the higher mid mid to high. I can't do the maths, but I get the feel you'd be about 460 to 480k. Um, Played 21 games last year, averaged 25.4 disposals per game. There's a cat meowing next to my microphone, four marks. And he here's the thing that really excites me about this guy as a potential breakout option. And I think this will separate him from some of the other guys that, that I mentioned, Will Brady, etc. He averaged 4.7 tackles a game in 2019. He's just hard at it. And I think that's something 
Um, I think he'll just... I don't think that's something that he'll lose. So, Braden Fiorini, for me, is a real breakout contender. And, well, I mean, whether you can fit him in because he's going to, you know, most likely be a midfielder, uh, whether you can fit him in, that's, that's, the, that's the hard bit. Because, as we know the midfield you don't want to stuff around with. It's pretty much guns and rookies, with the exceptions of injury uh, injury cheapened players. Do either of you have thoughts on Fiorini? Uh, Dame, I'll go to you first. He has the ceiling, so he's someone to consider. Um, and you take away post-buy form, and he averaged 99 point... It was 99.1 or something. So... I mean, you don't want a midfielder that only averages 100. The people who held Brad Crouch all of last year will know that pain. But um, I just think, like you said, that he's he's not going to lose any th- the the things that make up his score. It's just whether or not he gets those opportunities playing through the middle or not. And I should say, Damo, you say ignore the post-buy form. Normally, I wouldn't like that. I like looking at the post-buy form as an indicator of things to come, but... I mean, wouldn't you fucking put the? Wouldn't you put the pool in the rack? The queue in the rack. The pool in the rack. Wouldn't you put your pool in a rack if you were enduring that garbage week in and week out? And I, my head would be hanging down low. Like, but I think there's going to be a bit more spirit around the club. I think there's going to be some hope at least at the start. They bought a couple of players in through free agency. I think there's there's going to be some uplifted spirits and hopefully. As he's one of the players, I mean, he's only twenty-two, but he's been there a little while longer. He's, I, th- I think, I think he could potentially be one of those guys that helps them take a step forward. Obviously, it'd be a very small step, but it could still be a step forward. Um, Patchy, anything to add on Braden Fiorini? Uh, no, I think you guys have summed it up pretty well. But I'm, I'm not interested for the reasons you've mentioned. I just. Just don't have room for 460k midfielders that are going to piddle about and play for the Gold Coast Suns. I want enough. them to, to cheap and young. That don't clip that. <laughs> Patchy likes them cheap and young. I like I like them cheap and young in in tropical tropical Queensland. Right, I guess Here fellas. In terms of the uh, team analysis, that's all we've got to do. A couple of headlines that the community might not have seen. Tom Lynch reckons he's fit. Uh, Buddy Franklin reckons he's fit. Tex um, Walker's playing on a wing this year. Lock Tex him Walker's in. A wing. Um, Jeremy Cameron's going to sign a new deal. Lockie Whitfield has signed seven years at DWS. Uh, but like, there's not a lot of super coach relevant stuff because anyone listening to this wouldn't be selecting Buddy Franklin to start the year, would they? Patch. I mean, we'll discuss that when we get to Sydney. Now, won't we? Yes, we will. Will Hayward lock him in for Sydney? Already putting him out there as a lock. Uh, boys, anything else to add? It's been a pleasure spending time with you two. Oh, shout out to the Bont for being named captain of the Western Bulldogs. Good on him. That'll improve his output by at least two points. Oh, that's a good comparison. We should look at captains when they're captains versus when they're not captains. Anyway, Damo, it's been a pleasure having you on your board. I love you. Thank you very much. It was good to be here. It was good to go through the premiership contenders and the wooden spooners. Damo, where can people follow you? On Twitter at DamoSC. Patchy, where can people follow you? On the internet. I am Patch to the Max on Twitter. 
and you can follow me at LeckDogSC on Twitter. Make sure you jump onto our Facebook, Jock Reynolds Supercoach Community, or something along the lines of that. Make sure you go to the website, jockreynolds.com.au, leave a comment, have a chat to us. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called, uh, leave a review because apparently that helps. Uh, So thank you for joining us, community. We bloody love you and we enjoy doing this for you.